All right, this is going to be the hardest episode of Dithering we've we've recorded to date. Oh, zero chance that it'll fit in fifteen minutes, and uh, we're going to argue. <laughs> Bring it on. Your daily update, I guess. Is it fair to say in support of Zuckerberg's decision at Facebook not to touch Trump's uh, when the looting starts, when the shooting starts tweet? That is fair to say. All right. I think you're wrong. Okay. Tell me why. Uh, Amidst the chaos of news going on around the world this week, I at least detect a certain thread uniting several things. So we've got Facebook and Facebook and Twitter. Twitter put the labels on Trump. Trump's put a label on Trump's tweet. Hit it. Facebook didn't touch it. Facebook faced a significant internal revolt over it, including uh, apparently a very testy internal meeting where somebody at Facebook asked Mark Zuckerberg, "If we are the smartest people in the world, why are we devoting our intellect to contorting our rules to support Donald Trump?" Which is a pretty good way to put it other than the assumption that Facebook has the smartest people in the world. But (laughs) framing it that way does at least make me know that it was an actual Facebook employee who asked the question. In Zuckerberg's defense of it, and I'm not going to quote here, but he went into something about that they looked into this and they looked into the history of this phrase when the looting starts, the shooting starts, and they didn't identify it as a known dog whistle to tell vigilantes to go shooting looters. And I have to say, that's to me, that's nonsense. This isn't it, that's not a dog whistle statement. It, it's pretty explicit, right? <laughs> right. It's explicit. It, it's 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 like so. For not to get into it, but just off the top of my head, if a politician in the United States starts talking about the sanctity of life, what they really mean is a dog whistle that means I'm going to try to make women's reproductive rights more restrictive legally. And try to you know either ban or or restrict abortion, right? Or states' rights in the other direction, right? As far as like that, that's that's I'm against seg- or anti segregation laws, right? You never mention abortion, never mention women's abortion rights, but people understand what you mean because they hear it, and hopefully, and the politician thinks people who don't have strong feelings one way or the other don't hear it. When you say when the looting starts, the shooting starts in a message about mobilizing the military to respond. To the protests, there is no dog whistle. It's an explicit statement that he endorses the military shooting protesters who, you know, and you can say protesters who are breaking the law by looting establishments. But either way, it's certainly not something you should, most people would agree you should shoot for. Um, so him talking about it as a dog whistle is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Even though there was a dog whistle in the same message, which was, and you noted this yourself by using the all caps thugs is a dog whistle. Thugs is a dog whistle to refer in a very derogatory way to black Americans. It's absolutely a dog whistle. You can say, oh no, thugs is anybody who commits crime. I don't care what color you are. But if you look at, especially here in America, politicians who use the word, they're almost always referring to largely black. I'm just going to make one point. I'll let you continue. But I am not going to sit here and defend Mark Zuckerberg's justifications. All right. All right. I agree with you on that point. So sorry. Continue. Continue. Well, but I, but I do think it's important though, that that was his justification. That's why I, 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 I agree. And it's worth, I'm glad you pointed out that that's not what, not why you're defending it. Number two, yesterday, the New York times ran an op-ed from Tom Cotton, Senator from Arkansas, sitting Senator, 
headline, send in the troops. Uh, he's endorsing using the U.S. military to shoot protesters in in the United States, which is just uh, extraordinary. And the reaction to this was unlike anything I've ever seen in, in major media here in the U.S., where multiple reporters and writers for the Times objected vociferously in public on Twitter. That just does not happen. Uh, I can't recall anything like it. Do it. And the Times' defense was that we we want both sides of every argument. We don't want you know the blah blah blah. That which is how the way an op-ed page should be run. But this reaction wasn't like anything I've ever seen before, just because it happened to be from a Republican senator. This is an interesting point on a few different levels because you quickly saw it devolve into sort of a oh you know the, a free speech sort of debate. And <laughs> you mentioned the Facebook employees talking about if we're so smart sort of angle. You this is the same sort of attitude about the Times as if they have the only medium where where opinions can be published. Right. Like the, it, it's it's fascinating to view. I mean, there's a you can have that debate. Like, should this be allowed or not? And the reality is it's a U.S. senator. He is going to be able to get his opinion out there in whatever way he wants to. But it, it, I, I was just sort of amused, leaving aside the sort of specifics of the debate. I was amused at this sort of assumption in this argument that The Times is the only place where one can publish. <laughs> right. Like there's a there's a mindset that just doesn't match the reality where anyone can publish anywhere. It certainly, undeniably, is a is a very high profile spot in the national discourse, but the Times treats it as though it's you know an order of magnitude elevated from you know it is special, <laughs> but it's nowhere near as special as the Times would have you believe. But anyway, as an interim, right here, just to let us catch our breath, right there, as two stories that are intertwined because they're both specifically about this right-wing U.S. national politicians, the president in Facebook's case, Cotton in the Times case, advocating, or in Trump's case, eventually ordering the use of U.S. military forces to combat protesters in on U.S. soil. Here we have the irony of the New York Times, <laughs> the antagonist of Facebook, and the, the newspaper that has best documented the internal revolt within Facebook, itself facing internal revolt over the decision to publish something and the justification for it in both cases is more or less comes down to an argument I've heard from a friend of mine that uh, the answer to free speech is more free speech. Here's the thing, if I can back out a second. To my mind, the argument for more speech has become stronger over the last week, not weaker. And the reason goes to why these protests are happening in the first place. They're happening because there was a video taken. We kind of talked about this on Monday, but I, I, I have, the more I think about it, the more powerful it seems to me. A video taken by a, a young woman of, the, of what happened to George Floyd, and then she posted it on Facebook. And there's a lot of people like, oh, the world is becoming so bad. It's so terrible. And, you know, the point of that Abdul-Jabbar article that you linked to is, no, this has been happening all along. The, the big difference is that the rest of us who were free to ignore these terrible things that were happening are being confronted by them. They're putting it put in front of our face. And that was, you know, when I wrote about Madison and growing up in Madison and not even being aware that there was a section of the city that, that, you know, was affected by things like redlining and, and, and poor schools and all those sorts of things. I was so, I could just afford to ignore it. And 
It is actually more speech and things like smartphones and Facebook that has brought anyone can publish. There are no gatekeepers, right? Like the, the, the New York Times was around and they weren't writing about th- issues in Minneapolis or in Madison. The Star Tribune wasn't. The Wisconsin State Journal wasn't. It took social media and more speech to actually raise these issues to the forefront. And so the, as a general rule, to me, the argument of more speech as a whole has gotten stronger. Now we can get into the particulars of what how that should be applied, but I think it's important to keep in mind that there's a lot of cynicism. Oh, more speech, yeah, yeah, whatever. But no, we have very real examples of it making a very real difference, not to the people in power, but to the people who were being suppressed by those in power. Well, I agree insofar as everything you just said there, but here's here's where I feel both the Times and Facebook went wrong. And number one, you even made the point, and we joked about it, that the Times op-ed page isn't the only way that Cotton could get that message out. They didn't have to run it. And if Facebook had responded to Trump's message, even just similar to how Twitter did, leave it up, not necessarily take it down, although that does seem to be what Facebook employees want Zuckerberg to do. It's not that it, it wouldn't keep Trump from getting his message out. I mean, there is a punching up versus punching down angle here where a lone heretofore unknown citizen of Minneapolis who videotapes a absolutely brutal police murder of, of a citizen can literally change the world. Literally. I mean, there's no, there's no hyperbole that that woman videotaping it and putting it on Facebook has changed the world. But that's entirely different. This is the part that's coincidence is that it's the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. And I think, you know, no coincidence that China has chosen to do this on the anniversary is that Hong Kong has uh, passed a law banning mocking the Chinese national anthem. Um, and they're, they're blocking, uh, Hong Kongers from commemorating the Tiananmen Square massacre, I, I guess ostensibly in the name of of COVID. Well, this is a good example of how incompetent Trump is, <laughs> because if he was actually a competent authoritarian, he would be leveraging COVID to consolidate his power. But he actually right. went the opposite direction; he went right. golfing, right? right? Whereas the Chinese, they know what they're doing. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, but it serves as an example. That's free speech. Free speech is an authoritarian government saying you can no longer mock our national anthem, and you you legally cannot you cannot protest in group to to protest something we're opposed to that's suppression of freedom of speech uh facebook taking down a trump post or twitter putting a label on it is not suppression of free speech and i know you agree with me on the free speech angle there that that's not suppressing it but to me it all comes down to and this is where i i I can't believe more people aren't mentioning this is Karl popper's uh, paradox of tolerance Yep, yep, yep. Which states that unlimited tolerance must lead to the disappearance of tolerance. If we extend unlimited tolerance, even to those who are intolerant, if we are not prepared to defend a tolerant society against the onslaught of the tolerant, then the tolerant will be destroyed in tolerance with them. Um, and it goes on, and it is so apt. And to me, what it means is there is a line to be drawn. And and surely you would agree with me that that there is some line that Facebook would have to take it down. If, if Trump posted... Barack Obama is an N-word, all caps with an exclamation mark in Trump style, which I at this point, I don't know would be that uh, uh, unimaginable. Would they leave it up? Do they, do they 
put a label on it? Did they let that go? If Trump tweeted that, or, you know, that, that he really wants citizens to MAGA citizens to shoot people they suspect of looting on the street, should that be left up? I, I, there has to be a line that he could cross. And to me, that's, that's what happened this week. When the looting starts, the shooting starts, not in reference to vigilantism, but in, in terms of his longstanding view that the, the strong leader would use the military to suppress it, uh, that, that crossed the line. And I think that's why Facebook employees have revolted, and I think it's why New York Times employees have revolted, and the New York Times is now in a tailspin. Well, here's the question, though like does that actually prevent the message from getting out and if it doesn't is that like is that a is this actually having a salutatory effect or is it just sort of a statement that we disapprove of this yeah there's a a bit i noted this week was it, we had some we've had some really racist presidents right and actually more racist than we realized because these secret tapes would come out like there is about you know, you know people kind of knew about Lyndon B Johnson right. but also Nixon and Reagan like there's this tape of Reagan calling the UN people uh the UN representatives from African countries monkeys right. and it's extremely offensive but we didn't know it at the time it just came out later right there's almost a the fact that Trump is so open about who he is and what he is it, it, it's there's some aspect where it's on us to defeat that. Right. right. And, uh, and, uh, so I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, yes, I do think there is probably a line, but then, I mean, it just struck me the New York times story about the, the Facebook revolt. It reprinted Trump's tweet twice, <laughs> once right. as a Facebook post and once as a Twitter post. So what's the goal here? It kind of feels like the goal is for Facebook to basically make a political statement that we disapprove of this. I and I think I think that actually matters. I think because I think it's the context. It's not about keeping the message from getting out, but it's putting it in some sort of context. Even if the context is an icon next to the post that says Facebook itself acknowledges this is not okay. Yeah, which I hear, and that goes back to the the power issue, right? The contextual broader issue is. We're in a situation where one unaccountable person has a massive amount of power over what people see and they don't. So we're stuck in this terrible trade-off of either one, he should at least be neutral, or two, we have an unaccountable person making political decisions. And and that, like, and so there, there, I I just, I recognize your arguments. I think you made it very, very well. I I guess the my big request of those that disagree with me is let's at least admit that there's arguments on both sides and there are very real trade-offs here. And I think that that's probably a fair way to leave it. Fair enough.